Hey everybody, welcome back to our Passion Week devotion series. Uh, uh, this is Tuesday of Passion Week. Again, Passion Week is the last week of Christ's life, life uh, also referred to as Holy Week. Uh, but it's it's what we see the glimpse uh, when Christ comes triumphantly into Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. Then we talked yesterday about uh, Monday and, the, and what he did there, cleansing the temple and cursing the fig tree. Today we're going to see what the events uh, of Tuesday uh, have in store for us. And, and what happens here is Christ continues to kind of escalate the confrontation with the Pharisees and religious leaders of the day. And, and in doing that, he, he not only escalates the confrontation, but he accelerates the sentencing of death, it accelerates uh, what, what's going to take place on Good Friday, ultimately. Um, so today I want to read a passage of scripture. Uh, he's, he's returned to Bethany after Monday, and he stayed there again. And, and then in the next morning, uh, he gets up, and this is Mark chapter 11. Uh, and again, I would encourage you, uh, there are accounts of, of this week throughout all of the Gospels. And I encourage you to go study and go cross-reference and look around and, and uh, really get a fullness, a full picture of what's going on. But today we're in Mark 11, uh, looking at verses 20 and 21, and then we'll jump down to 27. It says, Early in the morning, uh, as they were passing by, they saw the fig tree withered from the roots up. Then Peter remembered and said to him, Rabbi, look, the fig tree that you cursed has withered. So again, Monday, he curses the fig tree because he is the judge over Israel. He's the one that says, listen, you have to produce a fruit. And if you don't, you're done. There's judgment to be had. And this, this day comes and the tree is now withered. There's no more fruit to be produced. There's no leaves that are going to bud anything. It is done. And it's a finality to that. There's a final judgment to be had. And that it, should, it should make us question in our hearts, who is our authority? Are we, are we in him? Are we, are we abiding in Christ? Are we producing a fruit in our lives in season and out of season all the time that would point to him? Well, then he goes further into Jerusalem. And, and we pick up the story here in, in verse 27 of Mark 11. It says, then they came again to Jerusalem. Again, remember the, the day before, he had just gone in and cleansed the temple. He'd driven out people, this huge shine and, or, or, uh, sign and show of display, and display of power and authority that he had. And he, and he is. He's saying, I am the authority. What you're doing is wrong. Now, they questioned his authority, and they will continue to question his authority. But the, he comes to Jerusalem, and as he was walking into the temple, so he's going back to the same place he was the day before, walking into the temple, the chief priests and the scribes and the elders came and asked him, by what authority are you doing these things? Who gave you this authority to do these things? Again, they're questioning his authority. And I said this yesterday, but they aren't questioning whether or not what they were doing was wrong. They're questioning, who are you to tell us that we're wrong? Who are you to tell us this is wrong? We're the leaders of the day. We have the power. It says, by what authority are you doing this? In verse 29, Jesus said, I will ask you one question, then answer me, and I will tell you by what authority I do these things. Was John's baptism from heaven or of human origin? Answer me, Jesus said. They discussed it among themselves, and they thought, if we say from heaven, then he'll say, well, why didn't you believe him? But if we say of human origin, uh, they were afraid of the crowd because everyone thought that John was truly a prophet. So they answered Jesus, we don't know. And Jesus said to them, neither will I tell you by what authority I do these things. Now listen, they were, they were already blinded. They, were, they, they didn't have any faith uh, in the Messiah, the one sent from God. They, they didn't know the Father. They, didn't see, they hadn't seen the Father. They were doing their own thing in their own way. And they wanted to continue in that. And they were blinded to the fact that Jesus was right there in front of them, that he was the one they should believe in. So he didn't answer that. 
And then, and then he goes on and continues that day. You'll see in other accounts, he's, he's with the children in the temple. He's teaching in the temple. He's, he's there for a long time. In fact, Matthew, I think, is, is like chapter 21 through 26 uh, is Tuesday. And what he teaches and many parables he teaches. And, and it's this, this escalating confrontation, again, with the Pharisees that are there. And then after he has this time of teaching at, at the end of that, uh, there's, there's a verse in John chapter 12. It says, even though he had performed so many signs in their presence, they didn't believe him. They didn't believe him. They still rejected him. You know, all, all the law and prophets point to Jesus. All that he says, all that he does points that he is the Messiah. And they still resisted. They still rejected him. Again, if, if Mondays was a, a sign and a, a, a visual representation of his authority, Tuesday was, was the day that he put it all into words and taught again and, and clearly said that he was the authority. By Tuesday afternoon, what we see is that he spent all day there teaching and all day there urging and pleading that he is the authority, that he's the Messiah, he's the one sent from God. He spent all day uh, resisting and confronting the, the, the Pharisees who, who rejected him all day long. And what Tuesday turns into really is Jesus' closing arguments. It's, it's the fact that Jesus is saying, this is who I am, and you've resisted me and resisted the Father the entire time. And as he walks out of the temple that day, Tuesday evening, he walks out of the temple and he heads back uh, to Bethany. He is, he is absolutely, that's the last time he's teaching in the temple. That's the last time that he, he brings these things up to, to really rile people up. Uh, and, and now there's going to be a plot. And we see this happen at the end um, of the time in, 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 on Tuesday in Matthew 26. It says, then the chief priests and the elders of the people assembled in the courtyard of the high priest who was named Caiaphas, and they conspired to arrest Jesus in a treacherous way and to kill him. You see, Jesus knew this as he went into Jerusalem. He would not be the king of that day. He was to be the king of their hearts, the savior of the world. But from this point forward now, for Jesus, there was no turning back. He was on a one-way uh, street, uh, had a one-way ticket to the crucifixion, and he knew it and he, because he willingly would lay down his life for us. He's not shrinking back. Uh, in fact, again, we're, we see him accelerating this sentence of death. Not accelerating God's timing, but accelerating what may have taken longer with the Pharisees and the, and the conspiracy, conspiracy going on behind his back. Uh, it might have taken longer, but God knew exactly when it was supposed to take place. So he is now on the way to the cross. So I hope, I hope you look at this and, and think, Jesus really, again, is my authority, that I surrendered to him, that, that what he says is, is true in my heart, and that as, he, as his words end or, or as he walks out of the temple, that we are still embracing him as Savior, that we're not turning away and plotting how we might get rid of Jesus, but that we would, we would embrace him with our hearts, embrace him with our lives, embrace him through repentant faith in Christ alone. God bless you guys. I look forward to seeing you tomorrow morning.